0: I'm an independent podcaster, and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show.
3: When I was a kid, so like seriously when I was like three or four, I loved dinosaurs even then too. And um, my mom has this great memory of me where basically she was like, oh, Stephanie, we're going to go see dinosaurs. And so her and my dad went to go take me to the museum here in Toronto. And I was like so excited. Like I was freaking out, like dancing, like I'm going to see dinosaurs. And we get there and I was like, where are the dinosaurs? And my mom turns to me and she's like, they're like right here. These are the dinosaurs. And my mom says that I turned around to her and like I had like this real angry face on, like I had been like completely betrayed. And I said, these are not dinosaurs, mom. These are dinosaur bones. And I was just like really upset and like you know, I wanted to see dinosaurs, and it hadn't really occurred to me that that wasn't a thing I would ever be able to experience for real. One,
0: two, three, four. Filled with odd fright. See Jurassic Ride. Right. With an amber light. See Jurassic Ride. Right, see Jurassic Ride. Right, ride, right, ride. Right. See Jurassic Ride. Right, ride, right, ride. Right. Ride, ride, ride. see Jurassic right see Jurassic right see Jurassic Park Welcome back to See Jurassic Right, a podcast about Jurassic Park and you. I'm your host Stephen Ray Morris and today's episode is all about dinosaurs. I can't thank Stephanie Cook enough for that lovely anecdote you heard to ensure the show and like her, I've been obsessed with dinosaurs my whole life. As a child, I carried Don Lessem and Donald F. Glutt's Dinosaur Encyclopedia with me everywhere, reading and rereading tantalizing knowledge of every dinosaur from Abelosaurus to Zongosaurus, even keeping it safe under my pillow each night from anyone who might try and snatch it away from me. Its opening is rather terse, yet still flowery, commenting on the state of affairs regarding the popularity of dinosaurs back in 1993, the author stating, You might imagine that dinosaurs need little introduction. They have become a cultural phenomenon during the century and a half since they were first scientifically recognized. Their horned and crested images pop out at us from television shows, horror movies, coloring books, animated cartoons, and popular science magazines. There are dinosaur toys, trading cards, toilet paper, cookies, and spaghetti. Dinosaur skeletons, whether real or fossil casts, are the star attractions at major natural history museums around the world. Children have no trouble remembering dinosaurs' tongue-twisting names, and they delight in confounding adults with their superior knowledge. As a result of this commercialization, a great deal of dinosaur misinformation has seeped into the public consciousness. Seems like there were dinosaur hipsters even back then, but it's a relatable sentiment. Yet, in Wendy Larson's tie-in children's book, the Dinosaurs of Jurassic Park, she explains not only what dinosaurs are, but their relationship to the film, commenting, Of course scientists can't really bring back dinosaurs using DNA, or any other way for that matter. The last dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago, for good. But for over 140 million years before that, these reptiles ruled the Earth. Scientists called the time when the dinosaurs lived the Mesozoic era. You can say it like this, Mesozoic. The Mesozoic era is divided into three smaller time periods. The first period is called the Triassic, and the last period is called the Cretaceous. The middle period is called the Jurassic. That's how the theme park in the movie got its name. The Jurassic period lasted from 190 million to 130 million years ago. During this time, the Earth was very warm and wet, just like Isla Nublar, the island in the movie. Not all dinosaurs in the movie really lived during the Jurassic period. Brachiosaurus did, and so did Dilophosaurus. But Triceratops, Tyrannosaurus rex, Gallimimus, and Velociraptor lived millions of years later. In real life, scientists study fossils to learn what the dinosaurs looked like and how they lived. At museums, you can see whole skeletons built from fossils that scientists have found. Jurassic Park is not real. It is a movie. That's why all the dinosaurs can appear together. It's like a big dinosaur reunion. It's very charming. When I was in college at UC Santa Barbara, I took a class on dinosaurs, and our textbook had this to say about what they are and the state of their study today. The term dinosaur, dinos, terrible, soros, lizard, was established in 1842 by the English autonomist Sir Richard Owen to describe a few fossil bones of large, extinct reptiles. With modifications, e.g. large no longer applies to all members of the group. The name proved resilient. It has become clear in the past 10 years, however, that not all dinosaurs are extinct. Most vertebrate paleontologists now agree that birds are living dinosaurs. This leaves us with a problem because much of what we will discuss concerns non-avian dinosaurs. That is, all dinosaurs except birds. We could use the cumbersome but technically correct term non-avian dinosaurs, but it would be far easier if the term dinosaurs is used as kind of a shorthand for non-avian dinosaurs. The distinction between non-avian dinosaurs and all dinosaurs will be most relevant only when we discuss the origin of birds and their early evolution in chapters 13 and 14. There, we will take care to avoid confusing terminology. These definitions are constantly floating around in my mind when talking to my friends about dinosaurs. These terrible lizards still scare me and fill me with awe even today. Writer, comedian, improviser, cat lady, VHS connoisseur and film geek, I met Luce Tomlin Brenner through working on Radio Picture Show, one of the best storytelling shows in L.A. We first struck a bond over cats, but quickly realized our mutual obsession with all things dinosaurs. She's hilarious, inspiring, brave, and always maintains a clear-eyed, bubbly, yet fierce approach to life. Of course, she was the first person I thought of to sit down with and not only chat humanity's fascination with dinosaurs, but also the myriad of ways the Jurassic Park franchise uses dinosaurs and characterizes the various species and types. We talk about how we got into dinosaurs as kids taking a class on dinosaurs in college, Jurassic Park conspiracy theories, a curious term known as charismatic megafauna and how it pertains to the franchise. But mostly we're just delighted. Dinosaurs are a gateway to greater worlds of wonder. So let's begin.
4: Yes, I was already interested in them because they got me for that. It was an Easter present. My parents used to give me Easter presents Um, (laughs) because I'm like an only child. So they're like, well, why not? (laughs) Um, I didn't like candy as a kid. So they would like put little toys in my Easter basket.
0: Oh, that's how I got Pokemon cards. Oh, cool. my Easter basket.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. You get it.
0: Yeah. I mean, even though my birthday was always around Easter.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So you're like extra presents. Basically. Um. I remember I came down. We lived in the uh, house that um, a second two floors, and uh, you would kind of turn the corner as you were walking down the stairs, and then there was like a little uh shelf as you were walking um. Uh, down the stairs and they lined them up along the shelf. So when I was coming downstairs in the morning to like get my Easter basket, the new dinosaurs are like sitting there greeting me. It's very cute. Yep. I obviously loved that gift because I have such a strong memory of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have tons of dinosaurs even now.
4: I So my mom sent them to me a few years ago, I was like cleaning out the basement. She's like, I found all your dinosaurs. Also, uh, the perks of being an only child is my mom saved almost everything from my childhood um, because we just had the room for it in the basement. Uh, So she's been periodically sending things to me, even though I'm like, I live in 600 square feet and you have an entire Midwestern house. You can hold on to this for me until I become more successful.
0: Did you go to natural history museums or anything as a kid?
4: You know what? That's what it was. Natural history museums. I think that's what got me really into dinosaurs because there was one in Cleveland where I'm from and they had the animatronic ones. And that was so cool to me. And it was such a fancy, exciting experience because we're going into the city. So we grew up in the suburbs and like getting to see these scenes that were set up. And then you'd like walk by and they like would roar and their tails would move and their mouths would move. And like, that was great. And then getting to see the bones, which were always like the permanent um, uh, exhibit. I think kids are naturally inquisitive and curious and things that are outside of children's worlds are very exciting. I think it's even like something as dull to me as like um, big machines <laughs> uh, that are used in construction. Like kids love those because it's like you don't see their fire trucks. Little kids love fire trucks. Um, and it's like they're fantastical in a way. And then dinosaurs are like the ultimate fantastical thing is like unlike a unicorn, it like existed. And to n- when your brain starts opening up about like how big the world is and like all the things that came before you I think that's a uh, very exciting to children and it's a safe danger dinosaurs are something that's like it's really scary but you know it's not going to happen to you so it's fun to play with uh in a way where like horror movies that are not appropriate for kids even though you know we all get away to watch them at some point in our childhood but like um Serial killers and things, even when they're as silly as something like Jason, like that's uh Friday the 13th. That's that's dangerous, though. There's like legit like um uh, hatred and violence in that, where dinosaurs are so pure, you know? And it's like, even if your life is in danger, it's something's gonna eat you. A monster's gonna eat you. And you're already scared of that kind of thing, like in your closet or under your bed that a monster's gonna like come for you. But a dinosaur is like not in your closet. Uh, you know, dinosaurs are never in your closet. So like they're also weirdly your friends I feel like because they like can't come for you does that make sense
0: no I really like that it just makes me think like so it almost makes me think like so like dinosaurs are kind of in a way for kids because there's that element of like curiosity that dinosaurs are kind of like a gateway to like opening your mind to like it's like the the first stop the first step of kids learning about the world in a way is through dinosaurs.
4: Yeah, because they're fantastical because they don't exist anymore and they are monsters. And it's insane. Cause you can be like, cool lizard. I see this small lizard. I see a small iguana, like my cu- family friends. I don't think they were cousins. They had an iguana when I was young and I was so fascinated by it. And then the think like that iguana could be the whole size of like the basement that we were in. It's just like, you can't conceptualize that yet. You learn that that was real uh and like that's so exciting and scary and interesting all at the same time and it's just like a safe way to be scared which is what i think is so fun about the jurassic park movies is because they're bringing this thing that's always been kind of like a safe boundary into your world um and it's like, who doesn't, it's capitalizing on the fact that every fucking person in the world would love to see a dinosaur. There is nobody, and if they exist, I do not want to know them. Every person worth knowing wants to n- see a dinosaur. <laughs> and then it's just like, so it's tapping into this, like, this kind of, like, curious need and, like, a wonder of almost, like, seeing space, too, or meeting an alien. I, I took a dinosaur class in college uh and what it was, was that like it was the best but also i didn't know what i was in for um because it wasn't just like hey y'all you want to hear about some sweet dinosaurs it was like three hours of learning about every type of bone in every type of dinosaur and each bone has a different name it's not just like how all humans have like a femur it was like well in a you know, a triceratops, the this leg bone is called this fucking crazy thing, and in a T. Rex, it's called something that doesn't even sound like it's a bone. Now memorize all of it for the test on Friday. So like that was unexpected, um, but it was like the hardest I ever worked in a class before. That you know, I didn't. I majored in like women's studies and film, so like I definitely like wasn't. But I had to take two science classes, and the dinosaur class counted as a science class. So I was just like, hell yeah, I'm skating by, and then. Um, my teacher is basically like, no one's skating by, learn about bones. Uh, and I worked so hard on it and I ended up getting a B in the class and I was so happy that I cried when I got my like report card or whatever. When I looked at my grades online, it's a report card. <laughs> it was college and like not that long ago. <laughs> it definitely had the internet. I could look it up online. Um, I was so happy because I'd never worked that hard on a class before memorizing bones and like memorizing the names of all the dinosaurs but one of the things we learned is about how dinosaurs were birds and I never knew that before and nobody was like really talking about that and I have been obsessed with that fact ever since and I feel like now there's more and more stuff being written about that but I already like, liked birds. I think birds are cool, but I totally understand why people don't like birds. Um, but I also think that now that people know that birds are dinosaurs living among us, that like, it's shitty to not like a bird. Like I get, I love that. (laughs) Like I get that, like, like they're a little gross and like, maybe not that clean, but nobody's asking you to touch it, you know, but like that when people are like, birds are dumb and I'm like, no, birds have lived forever. You moron. You're dumb. You're new and we're going to die. And birds are just going to be like, keep on trucking into some new form.
0: Birds are the best. I know they'll evolve back into dinosaurs.
4: I That's my theory. My theory is that when humanity kills itself off, that birds will evolve back to dinosaurs. And that, that that's the circle of life. That the real circle of life is dinosaurs beginning and end.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. That's funny that you had that experience in college because I also too also needed two science credits and one of them was dinosaurs and I also majored in film and yeah, that's I
4: great. Yeah. So you're like, you're an artistic person. So you're like not,
0: well, I mean, but it was just that thing too, where like I definitely worked harder on that class than anything else.
4: Yeah. Right. Cause you're like, I'm not going to fail dinosaurs.
0: No. And the, um, because we know, uh, you know, the duckbill dinosaur, the Parasaurolophus. Yeah. that's in the lost world. They have like, since they have bones of it's like brain cavity they have like scans of its you know of its head so they like would blow air out of it to simulate what a dinosaur sounded like or what that specific dinosaur sounded like
4: Oh that's and cool.
0: they played it on the first day of class and I cried.
4: Oh, oh. <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> I love that so much cuz you're like this is beautiful.
0: Well I mean it's just that thing of it's like dinosaurs are you know technology now it's like we're never Jurassic Park if it ever becomes a reality because who knows but it's probably not going to happen in our lifetime so it's like this is the closest that
4: I just got chills I got chills the way I feel like other people do when they hear like about someone on their deathbed seeing angels
0: All right, so the first dinosaur that shows up in Jurassic Park is the Velociraptor. You know, the setting, the scene. It's it's they're p- trying to put the cage in, and uh, you know, trying to put the Velociraptor into the cage, and then it, of course, like rebels.
4: Hmm.
0: I mean, that's that's the first dinosaur we see in Jurassic Park in do, the movies. Do we see c- see c- it? We like see its eye, and right. then you know, like a claw, and it's like shoot, her. yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean it's that's such a that's quite an entrance for this movie out of like all the dinosaurs they could have picked to, yeah
4: wait all the dinosaurs are girls right women Mm -hmm. women (laughs) female (laughs) yeah is there commentary out there about that that's interesting
0: I know I don't know if anybody I don't know if anybody's really I feel like people have tackled that in like tongue-in-cheek kind of yeah I mean you
4: could do a real deep dive of just like Oh, and these, all the monstrous women going through the park. Everyone wants to kill them.
0: <laughs> well, there was that controversy when, like, Hasbro uh, for Jurassic World on all the toys kept referring to all the dinosaurs as he. And it was just like, no, they're like the whole movie's about the point, like, you know, Chris Pratt's character, he's always like her and she. And uh, uh, Omar Sy's character is like, you know, this is. Uh, this is Delta and she's a girl like, you know, yeah, they, they were like in that way, at least on some level, like they're just like, yeah, the, it's these are animals. And they at least in this world, they in this specific sense, they have a gender. So we're going to refer to them by their correct gender.
4: That's insane. I had no idea that the Hasbro did that. And I love that there was controversy around like everyone was mad. Yeah, that's great.
0: Because it was like, yeah, they're not they're did not they him. Change they're, it? they're all girls on
4: their production. Or like they they.
0: I don't yeah I don't remember if they well no well I mean Hasbro lost the Jurassic World just lost the Jurassic Park license. Ha! Like now Mattel has it.
4: I love it
0: because they just did a really shitty job. Like they they the first run of all the the Raptors they were like missing the claws, which is like the What's most the iconic. Point? Yeah,
4: that's hysterical. What there was no back and forth, there's no meeting. I don't understand how mistakes like that get made. They it be so mad.
0: <laughs> like, no, right? I mean, it's. I mean, it's. That's I just. Like, I
4: love toys, and like, I do not like when they're licensed, and then it's like, well, what's the fucking point then? Yeah, it's like what action figures don't look like.
0: Well, yeah, that's like releasing Luke Skywalker without a lightsaber.
4: That's just a dude. That's just Luke. Maybe Luke from down the street. Who knows what Luke is? It. I don't know. <laughs> Luke in a robe getting his morning paper. <laughs>
0: He's not a Jedi, he's just he's just unemployed. Yeah,
4: he's like the big Lebowski just yeah. wearing a robe and hanging out. <laughs> and um, anyways.
0: Um so the next dinosaur they show is the Brachiosaurus, the sauropod.
4: Yes, and that's when they're driving in and they see it for the first time, right? Yeah. And Laura Darn's like so psyched and they can't I love that. I love that scene.
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's to me like what encapsulates like the wonder of the movies, like the side that isn't the like scary part.
4: Yes, it's definitely, I learned a really interesting phrase lately, uh, lately, recently, lately makes it sound like I've been learning the phrase like for weeks, um, called charismatic megafauna. Have you heard of this before? It is the animal that becomes like the poster child for like a cause or a company. Um, so like the panda for the World Wildlife Fund is like their kind of star animal. Um, and uh, like certain zoos will maybe highlight certain animals. But that's why when you like grow up, you know about uh, rhinos and hippos and various big cats, lions and tigers and regular bears. And then you go to certain zoos and you're like, what the fuck is an okapi or whatever? Uh, there's like all these animals that you never knew were animals because they're not maybe, although I think an Okapi. Okapi. I always want to say okapi. It's one of those words I'll never fucking get right. Um, I'm always going to think it's the other way. Opaki.
0: Okapi. Ok- okapi. okapi.
4: <laughs> and okapi are very charismatic, so I think it's crazy that they, it's not an animal anyone ever talks about, but um, anyways, it's the idea being that like certain animals aren't as interesting as other animals, and if you want people to come to your zoo or support your um, organization or care about a movie that you're making, you're going to pick the animals that are the most interesting. And whether that is like their their features, um, how they eat, uh, what kind of noise they make, all of those things correspond into people basically deciding uh, how, who's going to be paid attention to, like who's going to get attention and be like the most popular in the animal world. So... Uh, the, the Transverse Rex is the charismatic megafauna for Jurassic Park because it's even, it's the logo.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, I've never heard of this before. Really... Isn't it amazing?
4: It, like I learned about it on, are you allowed to talk about other podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> on the How Stuff Works um, podcast. Uh, and I thought it was like one of the most interesting phenomena and also I was like that is why I do only know, you only know about certain animals for so long. Yeah. Because people are just like, yeah, this animal's not interesting.
0: Well, yeah, and that's why, like, as we'll see, like, there's certain dinosaurs that pop up in every Jurassic Park movie.
4: Yeah, because they're the ones that people have already heard of before.
0: Yeah. Um, And then the next dinosaur is the Dilophosaurus, which is not, which is so iconic from the original, but hasn't really popped up in any of the other doesn't really pop up in any other movies other than yeah. like the hologram in jurassic world
4: right i'm wondering if they don't have it because there's no way to be as good as it was in the first one like it's has a role in yeah. it and it's like well it's already like a star and it doesn't do that many other things you can't have it just continually spitting on people like
0: <laughs> just have a bunch of them spitting on people. yeah
4: yeah yeah exactly like a fountain
0: Um, And then the next dinosaur we see is the Stegosaurus.
1: Love
4: Stegosaurus. So good.
0: They like, that was the most requested dinosaur.
4: For the first movie, right? Because I remember being disappointed that the Stegosaurus wasn't in the first movie as a kid.
0: Yeah, Steven Spielberg. Because it was like that thing of like the Triceratops and the Stegosaurus are kind of like the pair.
4: size, like... Non violent but cool looking dinosaurs. Yeah,
0: with like pointy things sticking out of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, they brought the Stegosaurus in. But yeah, it kind of in a way fulfilled, to me, it fulfilled that role early on in the movie where it's like, oh, wow, we really are back in a world of dinosaurs. Like, that's where like the money shot of like the sun going through the spikes.
4: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that there's nothing like that in our world. Like the little ones are like a little foreshadowing kind of, but that's just like majestic and it's so fun to see it come to life.
0: Yeah. Um we got our daddy and mommy and baby T Rex. That so baby T Rex is so cute, though. He's like so
4: cute. Oh my God. The noise that little baby dinosaurs make, which you didn't talk about. I'm not trying to shame you about it. You didn't talk about the little baby they see being born in the first one. Yeah, you're right. Is it because I, that's a Velociraptor? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I do think it's special just because, like, to get to see that moment as an egg and, like, seeing it be born and it does make a cute noise.
0: And yet it kills you later.
4: Yes, that's true.
0: That is important, though. Mm-hmm. That's, like, yeah, that's very important to the overall, like, um... It's to see something that innocent then go, and to enforce the idea, again, that they're just animals. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like, you know, uh, you don't see like Darth Vader being born right? Or whatever.
4: <laughs> and that they're made in this lab, too. Yeah. That they're not, this isn't something that's happening because it's supposed to be happening.
0: Yeah. That it's all manufactured.
4: Mm-hmm. And that the people are bringing about their own demise by being greedy. Hell yeah. Because it's a fucking park. It's money. Yeah, yeah. They're not, it's not a, it's not like a fucking free, it's not Griffith Park where they're like,
2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
4: Yeah, come in see some dinosaurs. Learn. They're like, no, they're marketing it.
0: Yeah, it's SeaWorld. It's not the San Diego
4: Yeah, so. it's capitalism. <laughs> uh,
0: and then we get the Velociraptors kind of late in the game. There's like the long grass. Mm-hmm. They kind of chase Julian Moore and... Um, uh, Sarah Harding and, and Ian Mal- Ian Malcolm's characters throughout the village, but the, right. they're kind of just in that one, in those two scenes. They kind of have a smaller role in The Lost World.
4: I think that's okay because they were the stars in the first one, second billing maybe to the Transverse Rex. Um, uh, well,
0: and also to like, and then we know the Velociraptors have b- much bigger roles than the other movies too. So it's yeah, like- Yeah,
4: exactly. You can give them a break. I think people want to see them. I think it would- be hard for people if they weren't in it.
0: Well, and that's my thing. And I think this might be a good pivoting point between the first two and then the, in the last two or the, yeah, the first two and the last two is that to me, this is a problem that Jurassic Park has where it's like, or this particular franchise has almost more than any other kind of franchise is that we want to see new dinosaurs, but we also still want to see the old ones. So it's like, how do you keep packing on the amount of dinosaurs until because, like, how we're, I mean, even just visually looking at it, like, the every dinosaur in Jurassic Park had such an individual role and mm-hmm. function and was so unique in that way. But then, you know, starting with The Lost World and then as we'll see as we go on, like, there are just scenes where now it's just like, here's a collection of dinosaurs for texture. And it's not so yes. much about each one's individual function.
4: Oh, that's such a good point. And, like, the dinosaurs don't necessarily... Not each dinosaur doesn't necessarily serve the story.
0: Yeah, it's just almost like... Yeah, exactly. No, totally. You're exactly right. And And there's something
4: to be said for keeping them special.
0: Yeah. Or it's like, how do you like, how do you balance that out? Because Mm -hmm. it's like, there is that thing, though, too, where it is like, I do want to see new dinosaurs. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: um, But it's also like, yeah, how do you give something its due as well?
4: Yeah, I think Jurassic World actually really did well with that. But as I'm you have a whole list of dinosaurs printed out here, which I love. But as I'm looking at it, it looks like the Jurassic World actually has like the second Oh, oh, okay. There's more. Okay, there's two pages of dinosaurs. <laughs> so then, because Jurassic Park three had the most dinosaurs.
0: I mean, yeah. Now I'm looking at it, and so yeah. And then at the very end of the Lost World, the Tyrannodon pops in just for that last shot of it, like yeah. like how the first movie ends with like the regular birds. Yeah. And then this movie ends with the you know Pteranodon like like it's the dinosaur world now, baby. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, that one's good. That one's definitely like, I feel like that's a nod to another movie.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And then because the Pteranodons are such a big star of the third one. Yeah. we'll get into, which is...
4: So like, I'm okay with that. I I don't mind. I think that's part of the excitement of franchise culture. It's like, that's part of the winks and nods you have to do if you're going to have a franchise.
0: Yeah. It's like, here's the dinosaur that's not going to be really have any role in this movie other than just kind of a sign off
4: yeah a sign off yeah, yeah that's all folks
0: yeah you know. <laughs> and you know that's the big bad of this movie of Jurassic Park 3 mm-hmm. he's got those big beefy arms you know they're not like those T-Rex little tiny no, arms he's got yeah. this big like He's got those grabbing like... Grabbing arms. Yeah, I got them grabbing arms.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's got the big fin. And mm-hmm. he's, it's the biggest animatronic ever made.
4: Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So was that one also coupled with like, it was animatronic and then they did something, scene CGI with it? Yeah. That's neat. I didn't know that it was an animatronic.
0: Yeah, there's... Yeah, like... it. I mean, obviously for the most part it's CGI, but I think like in the fight scene between the T-Rex and the... Uh, the t-rex and the spinosaurus like Mm -hmm. a couple of close-ups and then at the very end when uh the spinosaurus is like growling over the the dead t-rex corpse yeah it's like that's a animatronic
4: oh i love that
0: and what's there's a funny there's a funny uh, you know Jurassic Park doesn't have that many fan theories because it's not there's not as many movies and there's not as much mystery stuff tied to it and everything yeah except for
4: the one i'm starting about that (laughs) Pregnant? Sure being pregnant.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's definitely on the list of new theories <laughs> is that, um, is that so the yeah, lost world and Jurassic Park three take place on the same island four years later. And so a lot of people speculate um, that the T-Rex in Jurassic Park three that gets killed by the Spinosaurus is the baby T-Rex from the lost world all grown up.
4: Oh, that's a good one. But but that's also just make, sad.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that just makes it so sad. You're like, we rooted for you. You yeah. came alive, and then in the next movie, the spinosaurus is like, I will fucking break your neck.
4: Yeah, I was like, oh,
0: so violent.
4: Yeah, it is really violent. I don't, I don't love dinosaur on dinosaur crime.
0: So now we're I wrote down for the Indominus Rex, it's a hybrid baby. <laughs> like
4: it's great. I think um that was so smart and really capitalizes on the themes of the first movie.
0: The idea that like this is an actual monster that they've created. There are real dinosaurs, but then here's like what we could do if we're yeah. irresponsible with even, I should say even more irresponsible with yeah, that power.
4: Exactly. And just follows that um, selfish capitalist thinking of like, what can we do to be number one and like to be the best? Like, I think it's a really good through line from the first movie and it's a cool dinosaur.
0: Yeah. And the, the DNA of the dinosaur, uh, because like, that was also like another interesting plot point of like, well, what is actually, what is this dinosaur actually made of is like kind of a secret. And then it's revealed that it oh, has yeah. raptor DNA so that it could talk to the raptors. Right. It has, um, in the movie, it mentions that it has, again, it's revealed that it has a velociraptor, but that it also has tree frog, tree frog and cuttlefish DNA so that it could like change color. The and
4: cuttlefish lo- DNA. That was cool.
0: You're just like, oh, like it doesn't just, doesn't have to it's look like. Just- dinosaur yeah it could it could take you couldn't because that was such a big part of the first one was that they like had frog dna in it Mm -hmm. and so like to actually like oh well now you can have like abilities from those creatures kind of taking the science fiction to the next level
4: yeah and really what happens with science when we start like experimenting with um genes dna oh my god i was I was so close to saying something smart, and then I was like, I actually don't know anything about what I'm about to
0: say. And then, again, Jurassic World very much has two scenes that are just about giving you the general, you know, here are all the herbivores. So there's, like, the petting zoo where you see um, a baby Parasaurolophus, a baby baby Stegosaurus, a baby Gallimimus, a baby Apotosaurus, and a baby um, Triceratops.
4: I think that's ingenious. Like, what a great through line. Yeah, you're like oh, petting zoo. Yeah, of course.
0: Well, yeah, and I almost like that as like a function of like seeing all these baby dinosaurs. Like
4: yes, yeah, exactly. Because
0: you're just like oh, look at them all, just like in their natural and like or not quite so natural, but just like playing and like again hearing like seeing these as just these are just animals. These are like goats at a petting zoo, mm-hmm. you know, and like even having a nod to the to a cut scene from the original movie. Uh, because originally Lex was going to ride a baby Triceratops. Oh, really? Yeah. But they cut the scene out because they're Were they- like, when would they have time for this?
4: Yeah. And maybe a little saccharine. Yeah. For, um, like a l- not grounded enough.
0: Yeah. That almost seems more whimsical than than the original. Like that's almost too whimsical for the movie. But in the setting of a theme park. You can see Bryce Dallas Howard's son riding the Triceratops. Yes. You know, you're like, okay, I get it. But
4: it's already grounded it in a functional theme park.
0: Yes, totally.
4: And I think that also serves a really great function to show how normalized these dinosaurs are, because I know um, people who maybe are not like such diehard fans that they're just happy to see what happens next. I think um, a general criticism could be like, why do people keep going? Right. Why do people keep putting themselves in danger? There's always like that question about um, movies with this kind of theme, where it's like, well, just don't do it. Why are you doing this thing? But like, when you see how normalized it's become, and how it's like, the when you see little tiny dinosaurs, like those aren't scary. And those are the ones you interact with as a customer of the park. So why are you going to be worried about the other ones that you're not even really going to interact with that much that you're going to see from afar, the park does a good way of showing does a good job of showing the customers of the park that this is a fun safe place to keep bringing your family.
0: That's a really good point. I never thought of it that way before. Thanks. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, so I mentioned all those. Again, the herbivore. (laughs) When I go to the San Diego Zoo, that's like a thing where I call them filler animals. Where it's just like, you need to walk from the tiger in this, to your other point earlier about the what's, what's charismatic
4: the, megafauna, the
0: charismatic megafauna where it's like, oh yeah, but here are like three different antelope variations oh. between the polar bear and the giraffe.
4: Yes. All of the different, like this one has a curly horn. This yeah. one has a straight horn. This one has really tall legs. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that also makes it again, like we're saying, like how it's like realistic where there is like, there is just dinosaurs that are kind of like they're just sort of presenting that idea in terms of making it seem realistic where it's like yeah not every dinosaur would be by itself alone in one tiny cage it's like no here is just the area where all these different kinds of dinosaurs graze Mm -hmm. just like at you know the um safari park in San Diego where you do see the like rhino and then the giraffes and the all the different animals kind of interacting or not interacting or just kind of existing coexisting together and so right
4: like in nature
0: and then it almost feels like how you were saying uh so eloquently about the petting zoo thing is that it, then it, it then again starts to function as a, as a part of storytelling. Now, no episode would be complete without hearing from some familiar voices on how they feel about dinosaurs, comparing and contrasting their fear and curiosity and trying to parse out ultimately why we love dinosaurs so goddamn much. They weren't presented as monsters. You know, they were these beautiful animals. And they were real animals that existed at a point in time. And just seeing that realized in such a realistic way was just, you know, magical. So just between the story and the tension, I wasn't too scared given, you know, the tense scenes were tense, but it wasn't like, it, it didn't give me nightmares, unlike movies like E.T., when E.T. was all pale and white, for some reason that scared the hell out of me,
3: but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely just, I fell in love with it, it was just so awe-inspiring,
0: and magical, I think magical is probably the word I'm looking for.
1: Um, I, I think before I saw Dress Park, I saw the cartoon We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, and I loved that movie, um, and I totally was not afraid of it, um, but I think, yeah, I think Jurassic Park is what did it. And then I remember being afraid of the music video for uh, Weird Al's Jurassic Park parody. And there's one scene where he lifts up his shirt and his entire, like, stomach has, like, been eaten out. And, like, but they're clay, they're clay figures. It's just claymation. But I remember, like, crying and, like, saying to my mom, how could you leave me alone while this was on? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Weird Al video.
4: I, I think I entered, like, one of the more... Um, prominent like phases of my childhood, which was my dinosaur phase, um, and everything was dinosaurs. I had like a stuffed Triceratops, um, and I had just like my you know bed sheets, dinosaurs, books, dinosaurs, and how many times did we watch Jurassic
2: Park so I could look at the dinosaurs? And every movie that came out about dinosaurs, I had to watch
1: hundreds of times. <laughs> I was a horse kid um <laughs> Tina Belcher all the way and I I like I like all animals though. I was one of those kids that watched um Discovery Channel and Animal Planet and Nat Geo, you know what I mean, and watched their documentaries. So I loved all animals and I was fascinated by all animals, so I think that that definitely fascinated me. It's something that I've carried where I don't have an obsessive knowledge of dinosaurs which sometimes i almost wish i had because i wish that i could look at something and be like oh that's a whatever which i don't even have enough to name a dinosaur at the moment <laughs> i know what they look like i know some things about them referentially but i think that just all animals fascinate fascinate me and i like that and i think that as a child going to the san diego zoo and and being able to see all these animals and things like that and then seeing these films in which you imagine animals that have died out for a specific reason what if we were in the same timeline back again you know what i mean and i think that that's part of, that's probably part of the reason why i had that reaction of just wonder which makes sense and i think that what wouldn't what what other reaction could you possibly have at being met with this once you get down into it then you start to wonder that's probably not a good thing to have um I remember when I was a kid I was obsessed with dragons. Yeah, I was obsessed with dragons. And <laughs> and my my dad I remember I was talking to my dad and there was some like BS documentary on animal planet. You know how they make the fake ones and they they make this fake one about how they discovered the remains of dragons in like the Carpathian Mountains. Why do I remember this? And I remember talking to my dad about that and I was like, wouldn't that be great? Like, I'm just young Christina, just like bright eyed and bushy tailed. Like, heck yeah, I'm like all about the dragons. And my dad was like, he just said one thing to me and I will not forget it. And he was like, don't you remember Jurassic Park? And immediately I was like, yeah, we don't want that. We we don't want that. (laughs) But it is something where it's so fascinating. And so I think that I have... A hefty amount of respect for previous life forms that have existed and died out, and the fact that we don't belong together in the same epoch, you know what I mean? Let alone the same minute. Um, yeah.
0: But so, yeah, so for you, it seems like Jurassic Park and, and dinosaurs were kind of two, could be two separate things.
4: Yeah, yeah. I definitely was like hard into the, I knew like the history and science aspect before. And I think that's where it came in that like my parents being educators were like very much wanting to ground me in like some of the scientific aspects of it. Um, so, I, Jurassic Park was just like s- supplementary to my already formed love of dinosaurs. But then, um, Once it was, like, franchised, it just became its own kind of, like, juggernaut of excitement. Its own uh, lifestyle.
0: (laughs) Your dino lifestyle.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, because there aren't that many dinosaur movies.
0: Um, Are the reasons why you like dinosaurs now maybe different than when you liked them as a kid?
4: Hmm. You know what? I would love if the reasons I liked dinosaurs now was because I was, like, an intellectual and... (laughs) studying like the archaeology and like the science of it but I think it's the same reason I think they're exciting and scary and fun I think there's like dinosaurs are just like one of the most fun things in the world (laughs) like I um I really love horror movies I really love Halloween um I like ghosts and supernatural things I like things that are just not um not necessarily not a part of this world but that make you question how complicated the world is and how many like layers there are to experience and like dinosaurs are a big part of like not understanding or knowing everything and I like like that a lot so maybe that's a little a little maturity (laughs) is the like well we don't know everything about dinosaurs like I love that I love that there's so many things that we don't know people can get really bored and cynical with the world but it's like Uh, Scientists don't know how the human brain works and we just found out that dinosaurs are birds like it never stops and like so I think that that's really interesting that there's like always more to learn and it's like the questions are like numerous but I think that's similar to like when you're a kid you just can't articulate it like that dinosaurs are mysterious and exciting.
3: Let me tell you, though, if you want random people to talk to you about dinosaurs, like all day, get a dinosaur tattoo in a visible place because people stop me in the streets constantly. And like I didn't anticipate this when I got the tattoo. Like I just was like, I think I really wanted a cool dinosaur tattoo. And since I got it, like people will just stop me in the streets and just start talking to me about how dope dinosaurs are.
0: That's incredible. Really? Like what, like what are, do you, is it one of those things where like, yeah, I mean, so people literally stop you in the streets and just, yeah, and uh, do they want to talk about dinosaurs or just Jurassic park or both or
3: mostly dinosaurs? Um, like, you know, I, I was telling you before the show that I went to the Toronto comics arts festival over the weekend and, um, I basically talked to this artist, Corey Bing for a very long time. Cause her whole table was dinosaur stuff. And like, I was like, I have a dinosaur tattoo. And she was like, I do too. And we just kind of talked about like dinosaur tattoos. And then we like, were talking about her work and like, then just kind of generally dinosaurs and excitedly. And then she was telling me about her complicated feelings on Jurassic world and all this stuff. And like, in that case, I kind of was like approaching her booth, but in the street when people stop me it's mostly just about like dinosaurs in general like my tattoo is um a brachiosaurus skeleton um so it's it's not like you know like just a straight up dinosaur that is on my arm or anything so people are often kind of like oh my god is that like a brachiosaurus and like and then like they just like want to talk about dinosaurs and they're like, have you seen this? Or like, whoa, did you see this article? And like people will just talk to me about kind of anything dinosaur related that they're into.
0: Have any paleontologists stopped you on the street?
3: Not yet. I haven't had the tattoo for like too long. Like basically the tail end of last summer. So I haven't had a lot of time to kind of like wear, like to have it like shown. But I I, I will report back after this summer and kind of see where we're at the only person i think it was like sort of sciency that noticed it was i mentioned one of the people that went on a dig with my friend in the states and her husband so he he would go along with them and like a few months ago we were at like a dinner and he was like do you have a dinosaur tattoo and he he did not say dinosaur tattoo he definitely like like really nerded it up and like was like giving like the official dinosaur name and he's like do you like da, 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 da? and i was like but he'd kind of caught me off guard because we were like eating food at this big big dinner and i was like what and he's like your arm dinosaur tattoo and i was like oh and we, we talked about dinosaurs
0: <laughs> Hell yeah oh my gosh that's so cool that i mean well now when you when you're going to the the museum tomorrow night you just gotta yeah. like show it off a little bit. And you're like, eh, eh?
3: You know, like, I hadn't actually... I was, like, trying to think... Because, like, the theme, again, they had, like, um, the Spice Girls cover band playing. I was like, oh, I should totally, like, go Spice Girl style. But now, like, I need to, like, make sure that, like, I can show my arms so people can be like, whoa, that chick has a dinosaur tattoo. And then I can talk to strangers, which is not normally something that I strive for. Like, I, I... like you know like I'm very stranger danger please actually don't talk to me but um I will make exceptions when people stop me and they just want to talk about dinosaurs
0: I love it um (laughs) that's amazing that's a uh, I need to get my tattoo
3: yeah Um, you should and then you could talk to people like they'll just it's a conversation starter it's one thing that people will just like that's actually a thing i found at parties too where like sometimes you have like these awkward conversations and people don't know what to talk about and then they're like what you like dinosaurs (laughs) well okay let's be friends
0: This has been episode three of See Jurassic Right. My guests on this week's episode and future episodes were Luce Tomlin Brenner, you can follow her on Twitter at LTB Comedy, Stephanie Cook, you can follow her on Twitter at Hello Cookie. Chris Pugh, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Lauren Malisi, you can follow her on Twitter at Motel Siren. Christina Nielsen, you can follow her on Twitter at It's the Wombat. And Jess Uncle, you can follow her on Twitter at Cylon. I read aloud from the following books, Don Lessem and Donald F. Glutz, Dinosaur Encyclopedia, David E. Fisthofsky and David B. Westchampel's The Evolution and Extinction of Dinosaurs, and Wendy Larson's The Dinosaurs of Jurassic Park. While episode four drops one month from today, be on the lookout for a minisode dropping next Tuesday. I'll be playing voicemails and reading emails sent in from listeners like you. Also be on the lookout for future minisodes and special segments as well. Now, I have two questions for you. If you want to tweet at me, call in or leave a voicemail before next month's show. These questions are, what's your favorite scene in the entire Jurassic Park franchise? And what new dinosaur would you like to see in future Jurassic Park sequels? 65 million years of waiting Oh yeah. we well, alright. We're well, right. Now you can also interact with me in the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, C Jurassic Right on Instagram, C Jurassic Right on Facebook, or you can send me an email at cjurassicright at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood. And, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well, and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggeri at ACAST, Molly McLear, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Eyer, and you. See Jurassic Ride as an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Five million years of waiting, oh, yeah, Well right, oh, yeah.
2: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.